everyone. Welcome to the All Things Bible podcast. This is our first episode of the entire podcast, and uh, I'm so excited that to get this thing started. I'm excited that you're listening uh, and that you want to learn more about the Word of God, and that's really what this podcast is going to be about. Uh, when I say that this podcast is going to cover from Genesis to Revelation, there is nothing in the Word of God that we're going to shy away from or not talk about because it may be a controversial topic or maybe a, a confusing topic. There's nothing that we're going to shy away from. We may not get to every topic uh, that's discussed in the Bible, but there is certainly not a topic that we will shy away from. Uh, we're going to just dig in and tackle every uh, possible angle that we can from God's Word to really better understand what the Bible is and what the Bible is trying to tell us and ultimately what God is trying to tell us for our lives. And so for this first episode, I wanted to give just an introduction to a series that we're going to be doing. This podcast is actually going to be a parallel to uh, further research uh, that I'm doing on my website, basicsoffaith.com. Uh, and this is actually going to be the first episode in one of the first article series that I did uh, called The Story of the Bible. And on my website, what I did is I went through the entire, or still going through, uh, the entire Bible, trying to plot a storyline for the Bible that makes it understandable for people who are not biblical scholars and, and for most of us who haven't studied the Bible our whole lives. Because when we pick up a Bible, uh, there's many confusing things about it. We don't know what it's talking about, what it's going to be about. When you pick up a book at the bookstore, you can usually tell by the front cover kind of the mood that the book sets, maybe kind of what it's about. And then you can read the back or maybe that front first panel, and you can read about what the book is going to be about, a little summary of what to expect when you start to really get in to that book. And the Bible really doesn't have that. I, I've never really seen one that really goes in depth like that. Oftentimes there's a preface uh, in a Bible. Uh, the one I have here sitting in front of me has a preface. Uh, but it really doesn't get into what God is trying to tell us through the Bible. And when we look at the Bible as a unified story, when we see the Bible is not two separate testaments, but one story that flows together, we can really start to overlap some things and really start to make connections with what God is telling us. And so that's what I did in the article series on my website. We kind of went through each book and we placed each book in the Bible. There's 66 books in the Bible, spanning from Genesis to Revelation. And each book has a story to tell that fits into the bigger picture of the overall storyline of the Bible. And that's really what I want to talk about uh, today, kind of short as this introduction, kind of what is going on in the Bible. What is the Bible? And what is the Bible all about? Uh, and so as we kind of get into this question, when you open up the Bible, the very first book that you'll come to is a book called Genesis. And Genesis just means the beginning. Uh, so it's, it, it's, a, it's a good place to start. This is the beginning of the story. It's the beginning of the story of our lives, of the earth. Uh, it's the beginning. 
And so when we start to dig into Genesis here, we're going to start to see quickly an overall storyline um, of the Bible. So if you're if you can, if you want to follow along uh, in the Bible, uh, you can just turn to Genesis chapter one, first page uh, of your Bible. Um, or if you're just driving or, or can't really grab a Bible, you can just listen. Um, I'm going to read the verses as we kind of go along here. So when we get to the Bible, we see the Bible is divided into books, and then it's further divided into chapters of each book. And then those chapters are even divided into verses. And the names, the chapters, and the verses, the chapters and verses for sure, were never identified uh, in the ancient scrolls from which they came. These, all the chapters and verses were put in by man to kind of just organize the scriptures a little bit, but it certainly does not take away from the significance of the scriptures whatsoever. Uh, but even the names sometimes weren't always uh, at the top of the scrolls like we have them in our, in our Bibles today. Um, so we had to kind of come up with names, and these are the names that have been passed down for generations. Um, so when we open up to Genesis, we just see the very first chapter, the very first line of the entire Bible. And this is how the Bible starts out. Uh, I'm in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's the first statement that we see in the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So I don't want to get too in depth into what this means, we can really get nitty and gritty here uh, with the ancient Hebrew and talk about what this all means. But just as an overall storyline, we're just kind of flying over the Bible here. We see that in the beginning, there was a character. There's already a character introduction, and his name is God. And so God creates the heavens and the earth. Everything that we know and see and can look at in nature, it was created in that line. And so we see that in the beginning, in the beginning of just time in general, God was creating things. He brought life into existence. And as we see, as you finish chapter 1 of Genesis, you'll see that everything we know today on this earth was, cre was created. We have the sun and the stars, and then land appears, and all the animals, and then eventually... To us, us humans, are created, and we're the very, very last thing that's created in the Genesis account of creation. And this is so very important in the overall storyline of the Bible. Uh, if you're following along, you can go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. And verse 27 is so, so significant in the story of the Bible. Just listen to this. Verse 27, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. So God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves along the ground. So here at the end of creation, the capstone of creation God creates humans. And not only does God create humans, but he creates them 
in his own image. So right here in the beginning, God is reflecting himself in his creation, and we are that walking, living image. We're that reflection of God. We are God's reflection. And then God gives us a job to be fruitful, to increase in number, to reproduce, and to rule. Because God wanted a relationship with us, and so God gave us the authority to co-rule on the earth that he has created. Yes, God is the ultimate authority, but God loves to share. And so right here in the beginning, God decides to share his authority with his most precious creation, and that's us. So this Genesis 1 a portrait just I mean just it's just this beautiful picture of what creation is supposed to be and what creation was in the beginning it's a perfect perfect world and then in chapter 2 we we start to see how uh, these two humans Adam and Eve male and female uh, they were given jobs and they were to take care of this garden the garden of Eden uh, where God had put them and so now we see that humans have jobs to do, and they're living in this peaceful coexistence with the creatures around them and with God. And they're living in this beautiful, beautiful garden where God walks. And so we have this picture of where God is and where humans are. They overlap. It's God's realm and humans' realm, and the garden is where they come together. The garden is where they overlap. And so it's just this beautiful, beautiful picture of what the earth is meant to be and what the earth was at one time. And so then we get into Genesis chapter 3. And the Bible doesn't take very long to put a, a plot twist in this beautiful storyline. In chapter 3, we have what's normally called the fall. And what we mean by that is it's the fall of humanity. So there's this crafty uh, animal, uh, the serpent, crafty serpent, uh, who we later find out is Satan, is the devil. And he deceives the humans into thinking that they are not like God. And yet they can be if they eat this certain fruit from this tree that God told them not to. And so uh, in, in chapter 3 and verse 4, I'm just going to read a little bit of this here. Satan says, uh, well, well, let me back up here. Uh, in Genesis uh, chapter 3 at the beginning in verse 1, uh, it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And so he said to the woman, this is the serpent talking to Eve, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? So right here, Satan is putting doubts in the minds of humans of what God really said and what God really commanded. So he says, did he really say you must not eat? And so the woman said, we may eat from uh, fruit trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat from this tree or you will die. And he really said that. You can go and find that back in the previous chapter in chapter 2. 
So then the serpent says, well, you won't die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. And the irony here is that the humans were already like God. They were already made in his image. They couldn't be any more like God than they were at that time. So Satan tries to deceive them in trying to get them to take something that they already have. And they fell for it. Eve took and ate it and then gave some to Adam. And the consequences start rolling after that. The serpent kind of slips away from the scene at this point. And so they realized that they were naked, which is something they had no concept of before they ate from this tree. So they hear God walking, and there's some dialogue that happens between Adam uh, and God, and then uh, and Eve as well. And so then God exiles them out of the garden. He places a cherubim at each side and places a flaming sword to protect the way. And so... It, it, it's, it's interesting, uh, and God places curses uh, on the serpent, and then uh, he curses the ground uh, because of what Adam did, and then Eve receives uh, a child-bearing uh, pains and painful labor. Um, but what's interesting is in the curse of the serpent, God says something that really strikes and and really starts to take off the storyline of the Bible, and it will carry on for the rest um, of of the entire Bible. He says in verse 15 of chapter 3, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. And so he's talking to the serpent here. So what we see is a promise. We see a promise that there will be a seed from the woman that will crush the head of the serpent. And so throughout the entire storyline of the Bible, this is the character that we are going to look for. We're going to be looking for through the entire plot of the Bible. We're looking for this character to crush the head of Satan and to finally defeat evil. But it will not go without a little bit of pain because God says that the serpent will strike the heel, the heel of the seed of the woman. Now, again, this is uh, metaphorical as we'll find out as we start to explore more uh, of the scripture and as we keep going. But this is when you crush someone's head, you completely break their their life and their existence. There's no more coming back after you after you crush the head. But when you strike the heel, yes, there is pain inflicted, and yes, there is hurt and suffering, but they can still live. But when you crush the head, it's a sign of complete victory. And that is what we are going to be looking for. The the head crusher, the serpent crusher, is what we are going to be looking for. And that is when the story of the Bible 
starts to take off. Well, we see in Genesis 4, uh, chapter 4, we, we are introduced to these two characters, Cain and Abel, who are the sons of Adam and Eve. And we see that, well, maybe these characters can now be the head crusher. Adam and Eve couldn't do it, so maybe Cain and Abel will. And as the story goes, Cain ends up killing Abel, giving in to the sin that was crouching at the door uh, that the Lord talks about there in chapter 4. And we've come to find out that, well, Cain didn't get victory. He didn't win over sin and over Satan and over evil. And so we continue, continue to look for this character. We then come to a character named Lamech, uh, who was certainly not one who overcame evil. He completely gave in to evil. And then we have an account going from Adam all the way to this character named Noah. And in Genesis 6, we see the world has become so corrupt, Satan has completely taken over God's good earth. And so God decides to wipe everything clean with a worldwide flood. He decides to start over. But there is one man, one man and his family, and that's Noah. And God decides to save Noah and his family so that they could have a fresh start in a new world. So God sends a worldwide flood, and he saves two of every kind of animal in, in, in those details. And so his family and, and some animals are with uh, Noah on the ark. And the flood comes. They survive, as God would promise. And then when the flood is over and the waters recede enough for them to be able to get on dry land, then they do. And God makes a covenant with Noah. And Noah is pictured as this righteous, blameless man. And so maybe now he is the one that is going to take over evil. And we see that there's something that happens there uh, in chapter 9, the second half of chapter 9. And he gets drunk and some sketchy things happen in a tent and sin continues to take over. And so again, we see that God starts over, refreshes, and it's still, it still, it doesn't work. The people still, humans still give in to evil. So then we get to chapter 11. And after the story, we're going to pause and kind of reflect. Chapter 11 is, is known as the story of the Tower of Babel. Uh, and Babel was a city that will later become this paradigm fix of the city of Babylon uh, and who will, will become a main theme in the story throughout the rest of the scriptures when they enter the picture. Um, so these people try and get together and they say, let's make bricks. I'm in chapter 11 and verse 3 if you're following along. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. Uh, then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we'll be scattered over the face of the whole earth. So the whole plot of making this tower was so that they can make a name for themselves. And when we look back at the beginning of the story, a lot has happened so far 
uh, and we're just kind of flying over the first 11 chapters of Genesis. But we go back to the beginning when God made humans, and we see, wow, they were made in his image. He, they made them to rule over the land and, and over the fish and all the animals. They were made to rule the earth in, in God's wisdom. They were made in his image. They were made to rule. And then they were given all of these things. They were given the name. They were given the image. And again, we see that they want to make a tower that reaches up to God so they can make a name for themselves. When if they just took God's wisdom and God's instruction, then they would already have this name in God. But instead, they want to take a name for themselves. And as the story goes, uh, the Lord comes down and confuses their language, uh, and then they are scattered over the face of the earth. The very fear that they were afraid of uh, becomes reality to them. And so let's just pause just for a moment because there's a lot that's going on here. So we have a couple of storylines that are taking place. One of those storylines is, as we talked about, we're looking for this, this head crusher. That's a, a main, main theme. We're looking for the seed of the woman to come and finally overtake evil and restore the relationship that humans have with God. We're looking for that head crusher. We're looking for that seed of the woman. And so far in 11 chapters of all the characters we've been introduced to, we still haven't found one. They keep giving in to sin. They keep giving in to the evil that's around them. Uh, and it just seems like hope is being lost and it's spiraling and spiraling down. Uh, so that's one storyline, the, the head crusher. The other storyline is this gap between heaven and earth. I mentioned earlier that this uh, that the Garden of Eden was kind of this, this, this area that heaven and earth overlapped. And it was this beautiful coexistence between God and humans, and everything was absolutely perfect. But when humans were exiled out of the garden, and they were no longer back in, they were separated. And so exile now becomes a theme and, and a plot in the story as well, and, and how, uh, how humans are exiled out of different places, and how now the gap between heaven and earth is exposed. There is a gap now, when before there wasn't. They coexisted together perfectly. And now because of sin, because of giving into evil, there is a separation between heaven and earth. And so now the storyline is how can we get how can we close the gap? How can we bring them back together again? And that's the question uh, that the Bible is going to answer eventually uh, when we get to it. And so you can kind of see how the seed crusher, uh, or the seed of the woman who's going to crush the head of the serpent and finally overcome evil and get the victory that we've all been waiting for, whoever this character is, when he comes, when he crushes the head, he will be that mediator between God and humans. And because we can now overcome evil, now the gap can be closed and there can be coexistence once again between heaven and earth. And so 
you this character just becomes so so important when we're looking at the relationship between God and humans and just the overall storyline of the Bible. And so those are the kind of the two main storylines that we're looking for uh, and that we can kind of track as we're going through the Bible. This seed crusher and bringing back together heaven and earth and restoring what once was. And so then after chapter 11 of the book of Genesis, we come to a man named Abram. And Abram, who will later be called Abraham, is given a promise from God. God tells Abraham that he will become a father of many nations, that he will have many, many descendants, uh, which was a beautiful promise back in the Bible times. They really, really uh, had big emphasis on your ancestry, where you came from, and your descendants from which will follow after you. There was a huge focus in society. And God tells Abraham that he will be a father of many, many nations. But through one nation, God will bring salvation to the whole world. God says through you, Abraham, uh, God will call a nation that will be different than all the other nations. And the nation, this particular nation will be a light to other nations. Uh, a light to follow him, to follow God, and to kind of depict what followers of this God, followers of Yahweh, uh, what they are supposed to act like, what they are supposed to say, how they are supposed to conduct themselves as rulers, the very first promise, as rulers of the earth. And so this particular nation, as the story unfolds, is going to be the nation of Israel. And the story of Israel is going to unfold as we uh, get further and further into the scriptures. So after Abraham comes his son Isaac, and then after Isaac comes his son Jacob. And Jacob has 12 sons that will later become the 12 tribes of Israel. And then we come to one of Jacob's sons named Joseph. And Joseph really takes up much of the last half uh, of the book of Genesis. The story really focuses in on Joseph. And the Bible depicts Joseph as this character that is almost the seed crusher figure. He overcomes adversity. He doesn't sin when sin is crouching at the door. When he's tempted, he overcomes that temptation. And then later, he becomes this he becomes a position in authority in Egypt, second in command to Pharaoh. And so it's almost like this Joseph figure is becoming what humans were in the beginning. They did not sin, and they were in a position of authority. They were ruling over creation. And so Joseph really fits into that category so well. And we are just looking at Joseph and going, this could be the character. This could be the seed of the woman, the head crusher. And so he does all these wonderful things. Um, but And then we see that Joseph dies. At the very end of the book of Genesis in chapter 50, 
we see the death of Joseph, uh, and, and Joseph dies. And so there's really not much that happens uh, after the death of Joseph. Uh, there's really nothing. The last verse in Genesis chapter 50 says, So Joseph died at the age of 110, and after they embalmed him, he was placed in a coffin in Egypt. And so death is kind of this final curse that is put on humans because they were exiled from the garden and no longer received the eternal life that they were once given in the garden. So death is kind of the end. And when we see Joseph die, we kind of sit there and go, well, I guess he's not it then. And we would be correct in making that assumption um, because the seed crusher has not come, as we are going to later discover. And so you're wondering, wow, Joseph was this great person, and he kind of fit this category so well, but he also died. Uh, and there's no resurrecting or coming back to Joseph, and that's kind of the end of Joseph. And so we just see, wow, this character who was so great, and yet he still died. And so he's not the one we're looking for. And as we get into the next book, which we're going to cover next time, the book of Exodus, we still see the people, uh, the, the descendants of Jacob and Isaac and Abraham, the nation of Israel, is in exile. And so we still see that this, uh, this theme of, of the exile, which I mentioned a little bit earlier, it's still happening, it's still occurring, and so that gap has not been connected back from... Uh, hasn't been connected between heaven and earth. It's still separated. And so this is kind of, that's kind of the end of the book of Genesis. I just wanted to kind of introduce the story of the Bible and kind of get you thinking about themes and the overall storyline of the Bible. Because if you just pick up the Bible and kind of just plop in the middle and I just turn to Job randomly, you're going to be very confused on where this fits in the Bible. And each book, has a particular place in the overall story of the Bible. They're not all necessarily in chronological order, but when you read the storyline, you can kind of see, oh, this is where this fits in. And so again, just to reiterate, kind of the story of the Bible is we're looking for this person to overcome evil, to finally get the victory, so we can have that victory, and also to restore this heaven and earth gap that has been created because of the exile of humans out of the garden and because of the, the deception of the serpent and the decision that the humans made to give in to that temptation and let sin overcome them. So that's kind of just a short introduction. I hope this really helps uh, for those of you that really had no idea how what the story of the Bible was or what the Bible really is. And again, the Bible is God's word to us. That's the simplest way that I can put it. The Bible is God's word to us. And we can apply everything that's in here somehow to our lives today. But when we really start to read it like we read a book and start to understand the story, we make so many more connections when we start to read it than we would have ever had just reading in random spots and just trying to apply it to our lives. 
So I really hope this helps, guys. Next time, we'll start digging in into Exodus, and we'll get a little bit further than just one book. But I really wanted to take some time to dig into Ex or dig into Genesis, rather, and really start to unfold and kind of mold the way that we look at the Bible and just the overall story of the Bible. So again, you can find more uh, in-depth resources at my website, basicsoffaith.com. Uh, and all of these articles, I think in the article series on my website, we're about halfway done. Uh, so we're just getting to the New Testament now. Um, and this podcast hopefully will help kind of solidify some information that might have been more confusing in those articles. And there's tons of more resources on my website. So please, please feel free to visit uh, and like and share and, and whatever else uh, you can do to share the gospel. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, always remember to read God's word, to let God speak to you uh, in whichever way he does most effectively, and really just spend some time in prayer thinking about the Bible as a story and thinking about the Bible as how can we apply it to our lives. So thank you guys again for listening. Always remember to surround yourself with all things Bible. God bless.